Hello everyone and welcome to Showhoppers. Today we are covering Ozark Season 1, Episode 5, Ruling Days. I am Mr. Sal, science teacher, here with one of my former students, Kurt. Hello, Kurt. Hi everyone, I'm Kurt. That's Kurt. <laughs> this is uh, my second watch through of Ozark. It's Kurt's like one and two thirds watch through of Ozark. I haven't seen whatever. this part again, so... I so it's my your second, second time watching second, this part. Gotcha. Okay, second time seeing this episode, I guess. So uh, we love Ozark. It's a, one of our favorite shows collectively, and we're happy to be watching it again and podcasting about it. This episode, Ruling Days, I'm going to try to go ahead and guess Kurt's rating on it. I feel like I skipped something. Did I skip something, Kurt? I'm trying to think. Did you skip something? I don't think so. I don't so. think you skipped anything. <laughs> okay i don't so, think you did i'm trying to think right. no okay great well Let's i'm gonna go ahead and try to... if we did i'm sure i'm not yeah good enough okay i'm gonna i'm gonna try to guess your rating on this uh and like i've said before i think the floor on ozark view is probably eight ceiling ten obviously uh that's pretty much where i am anyway it's a very narrow band not as narrow as the leftovers, I suppose. But... Yeah, leftovers. <laughs> Although I, three or two. I, I did go, I did go down to an eight in one episode of the leftovers. Anyway, uh, I'm gonna go. I, I'm gonna say that I don't remember how you feel about Mason. So th there's a lot of Mason in this episode, which might can go either way. I don't know if you like him or if you dislike him. Uh there's more Jacob and Darlene though. So that I'm sure you liked that. Hmm. I think you gave this a nine. Really? Well, Mr. Sad, yes. I think you'll be sorely disappointed to know. I gave Ruling Days a nine. Oh! Oh, look at that. Lying in my, my sentence. Goodness. Were you sorely disappointed? That... I'm not. I'm very Oh, I misanticipated how you'd feel about that. I thought you'd be sorely disappointed. <laughs> well, You were not as good at anticipating my emotions toward your rating as I was at anticipating your rating. Okay, that's a fair statement. Did you give it a nine? <laughs> uh, yes. Okay, <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. Uh, you know, it's it's so weird. Like I have so much trouble distinguishing between episodes of Ozark. Ozark is just one big. It's like three episodes to me, <laughs> three yeah, seasons. I don't, I don't remember what happened. I just know. Oh wait, no, I do remember now because it's the Bobby D. It's 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 the whole uh like strip club episode. That's where it is. I don't remember. Yeah, anything, I mean, anything besides that though. We, we, yeah, Jacob and Darlene. And the whole strip yep. club fiasco. I don't know what happened besides that, though. <laughs> I, I really, it's 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 very very strange. I love this show so much, but really, this just feels like I watched one tenth of an episode of Ozark. <laughs> so, one tenth of a big episode, yeah. Yeah, it, it, like each season is like an episode. It's and I know that it's a Netflix show, so therefore. It's designed to be binged, and so you probably, I, I don't think there's, I don't think it's a fault that I'm feeling that way. I don't think it's a fault in the show or a fault in me. I think that's just the way it's meant to be consumed, so. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, I actually, I think I probably am, am going to end up rating this one at the top of my list so far. It's up there. At, it's either second or first for me. Yeah, and, and I'm not a big Mason fan, so... This is probably, Mason is probably the only thing keeping me from categorically saying this is my favorite because it's got some nice Ruth stuff. You got lots of, you got plenty of Jacob and Darlene, which was, which was great. And really, I, what I love about this episode 
is it does a really good job with all the characters. Everybody mm-hmm. really kind of gets their chance to, to shine here. We get plenty from Marty, Wendy, even Rachel gets quite a bit in this episode. Uh, uh, the Petty Russ storyline. Yeah, Petty and Russ. I mean, it really, even Wyatt and Charlotte get a little bit. It's Jonah. Everybody gets something to do in this episode. Yeah, buddy. This is kind of, <laughs> yep. Yeah, buddy, too. Really, this is the first time we've seen such an ensemble episode. Every ep- other episode has been pretty heavily weighted toward one character or another. But this one is it's a true ensemble episode. And I think that's maybe why I like it the best so far. Where would you put it in your hierarchy? You said it's up there, but... That, top two. It's either going to be second okay. or first. Okay. Yeah, and I, quite honestly, like it, it's almost a moot point because everything that we've seen so far is going to get displaced eventually. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That is certainly true. <laughs> the, yeah, the, the, I think there's one episode in this season, later on in the season, that I am not very high on. Uh, I, I bet probably it'll you'll feel similarly... But some of the stuff in the later parts of the season is just spectacular. Anyway, I give it a nine. You give it a nine. We both have it in our top one or two. So let's talk about the symbols. Mm, yes, of course. Were, were, you, were you able to decipher them? I, I gave all of them a definition. One, I, I questionably gave uh, the R, the cowboy boot. Mm-hmm. But everything else I was yeah, pretty confident on. Really? Okay. I think, yeah, I'm pretty confident. Or at least the vague idea of what they went for. It. So, yeah, and, and the, I think that I'm kind of approaching this a little differently than you are because I, I think they are pretty clear. It's pretty easy to identify what they are. Maybe the K, the poppy, do you, do you identify that as a poppy, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a poppy. Okay. That was a little more abstract. Everything else, I mean, the Z is the American flag. A is the church frame. R is the cowboy boot upside down and k is the poppy i i guess what's interesting to me about this these symbols in this episode is that two of them i don't think are even in this episode but they're kind of implied well so the chapel were they where were um marty and wendy standing when they were talking about like what they should do next right so that's the the half-built property that wendy bought that they're going to turn into the church but it's not a church yet (laughs) and it doesn't have a crucifix on it and so that that was an interesting choice to to include that uh same thing with the american flag i mean i know it's the fourth of july and there's fireworks and i'm sure there was somewhere there was american flag flying when they were at the fireworks uh show but it wasn't heavily featured yeah, then it's maybe they showed a shot like this, but yeah, it wasn't a prominent actual show. This uh, the poppy makes sense. My question is the cowboy boot. I I put it as so. Uh, obviously the poppy uh, the poppy plant has to do with the snells. We see their big yep. field of what they're growing. The cowboy put, boot I put as Jacob Snell. Cause I'm pretty sure he's yeah. wearing a cowboy boot. Okay, so that's what I meant. Yeah, okay. and in fact the the first scene that he has in this episode where he's kind of strong arming Marty just walks mm-hmm. out in the middle of the road and makes him stop the car that that opens with a shot just of his boots walking oh, across the street. Okay. I was wondering, so, I was like, yeah. where, cause I, I looked at him. I think I forgot about the cowboy boot while I was watching the episode. I went back, I looked and I was like, where's there a cowboy boot shown predominantly? And I was like, I guess I remember Jacob yeah. was wearing them. So I was with Jacob, but okay. So that's to do with the interact, the, the, the shakedown. Okay. Right, right. I, you know, I don't know. Maybe strong arms was the wrong phrase. He just basically 
passively <laughs> passive aggressively intimidates him so yeah some like a bit like quid pro quo stuff of like ah uh, yeah something something weird yeah exactly all right so we start out with this i mean it's a little disorienting i think there's snow on the ground isn't there oh is it on the i i I don't remember there was snow on the ground. I remember I was worried I clicked on the wrong episode. Yeah. I, like, I, I had to check. I was like, is this, is this Ozark? Well, I, I mean, the the setting does not look anything like what we've seen in the Ozarks, in the lake, at the lake of the Ozarks. Yes. And and so it's a little disorienting. And I'm pretty sure there's snow on the ground. So it's it's very disorienting. We don't know where we are. We don't know when we are. We don't know who we're looking at. Even when we finally see Mason, I mean, I know who Mason is. I know you know who Mason is. I'm not sure when I watched this for the first time that I had any idea who that was. No, you only see him once, I think, um, doing one of his uh, sea sermons or, you know. Yeah. Whatever you want to call ser- it. Sea sermons. <laughs> I I don't, like what, is there a name for that? No, I don't know. I, I, I call it the wet church. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I like Sea Sermon more. So. <laughs> I like that too. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> but it's it's interesting because I mean they they choose to to really prominently display this character that we don't really know yet. You know, I, if people recognized him from I think it was episode three, My Dripping Sleep, right? Yeah, because uh, Marty either falls asleep or just lays out on the boat overnight, mm-hmm. and then so by there. But, but we didn't even see Mason in the last, the previous episode. So mm-hmm. it's been a full two episodes since we've seen him. So it's kind of a bold move to to start an episode out with him. And I, I don't know if they're assuming that viewers remember him or if they are just hoping to, you know, incept the idea that this is, this guy's important. And then you're going to be looking out for him later. I'm going to go with option two there. They're probably assuming yeah. you don't remember him. If they do, that's a worrying sign by the producers. Yeah. They're like, ah, we showed him momentarily. Certainly, you must know who he is. And yeah, him exactly. Shot. But we get a glimpse into Mason's savior complex. We've talked about the savior complex on Lost with Jack. Uh, Mason clearly has it. He has no reason to go into this convenience store. It's being held up. Uh, probably the, the better thing for him to have done would have been to call the police and let them know this store is being held up but instead he actively seeks it out he goes in and tries to talk the the robber what do you call this guy robber yeah <laughs> i don't want to okay tries to talk him out of doing this and ends up getting shot in the process but surviving yep. anything you want to say about that mm. Nah, nothing much. It, it it felt really weird compared to Ozark so far. There hasn't been anything. I'm sure there's there's been anything too action packed that like um besides episode one, there hasn't really been a life or death. It feels like situation, the degree I'm thinking. And even when I mean when that's the case, yeah, you you are mostly invested in Marty, but not everyone else. That kind of maybe maybe Bruce, but uh now. I just it, it 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 was definitely an odd scene to put in. I questioned the choice. I don't know. Yeah, I really liked it all that much, but it does. Yeah, that's it. It's just like a. I questioned the choice. At least putting it in in here, like maybe even, maybe even doing it next episode. 
right? Or like a later episode yep. when uh, Mason is heavily involved, because then we already know who Mason is from this episode, and he even hints at it during this episode. So we're like, oh, mm-hmm. what happened to him? And then we see, oh, this is Mason's event. Oh, and I, I feel like it's much more engaging to look at it. But I guess then you know he gets shot at some point. But I don't know. I I think maybe I would have preferred this after learning more about Mason than before. Right, but, because the, the, they immediately go from this into him floating on the lake. And we're going to see this scene twice, but we see it once right here. And his wife says, his wife's name is Grace, I think. Is that right? I believe so. I don't yeah, really remember, uh, but I remember the name Grace. So. Right. Call, calls to him and says, Ash is here to help with the boat. Now, we don't know Ash's name. This is the first we're hearing Ash's name, right? Yes. We probably don't remember Mason as being the preacher on the water with the sea sermons. Mm-hmm. So it is still, even now that we're back in the Lake of the Ozarks, it's still kind of disorienting. And we're going to see the scene again later. Maybe people remember this first scene and, and come back to it. But I think there's something to what you just said. That maybe you want to save this scene for after you know Mason a little bit. But mm-hmm. anyway, th- this is the choice they made. This is probably my least favorite thing about the episode. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, the beginning. The beginning was like, I, I I didn't like the idea of the episode in the very beginning. I was like, ah, eh, mm-hmm. meh. But yeah, everything else is really good. Episode. Yeah. So, oh. but from now, now after this, everything is fantastic. So we get the symbols next, and then Wendy is kayaking, and she finds Bobby Dean's body right at their dock. She and Marty have this debate about whether to call the cops or not. I mean. These two debate about everything. I'm pretty sure at this point they would automatically take the opposite of opposite point of view from the other one, even if they agreed with them. Yeah, things you, are definitely not. You, things are not well between the two. I mean, they haven't been the entire time they've been here. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, uh, it's definitely um, they're kind of just stuck in the circumstance together. I guess ideally mm-hmm. they wouldn't want to be together anymore. Marty kind of needs Wendy for the kids. I, I yep. spoke about how. When Marty chose for Wendy to live, I think a part of that decision was him realizing he could never justify to his kids, like, what happened to Wendy. Mm-hmm. At least have them, mm-hmm. you know, help him go down to the Ozarks and keep them alive, at least keep him alive. So, um... I yeah, mean, I, I think it'd, it'd be pretty easy. Mom had an affair, so we're done. Sorry, guys. Yeah, but, like, you don't get to see your mom at all? Because, um, they would have offed her. There's a whole thing there. The... Mm. Yeah, uh, I guess Navarro. So. so then, it, what? You can't even visit mom. Yeah. Mom's dead. Sure, they'll find out she's dead. If not, right, then you right. just lose all contact with your mom. Even even that's you know still bad for your kids, probably. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's that Wendy's point of view. Marty was willing to kind of sacrifice himself, but he realizes he probably won't get the insurance uh, payout. And we see Wendy afterwards when he comes back. It's revealed he's alive. She cries, and it's questionable. But she possibly, and just po- a good chance she's crying because she's kind of sad he came back. Right. So, so there's, yeah. I think both both have definitely had kind of a time where I think they would have been in their better interest if the other one died. So <laughs> that's not that's yeah. not what you want in a marriage. Uh, no, there, no. There's <laughs> it's definitely not been a it's definitely not been a, a good one. And even uh, this episode, there'll, there'll be a Josh right <laughs> that comes in, and that doesn't help matters <laughs> there- at all. There, there will be a Josh. <laughs> it's never a good thing when there's a Josh, I guess. 
I apologize to any listeners named Josh. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. But anyway, so Wendy wants to call the cops, and Marty does not. Whose side do you come down on here? That's a good it, Marty. If you want to say don't call the cops, you better be good at hiding a body. That's basically it. Like you, mm-hmm. you've got to you've got to know what you're doing here. But. So. That's a good point. Now, Wendy has a workaround for that, though. She said, well, let's, let's just leave it. <laughs> we didn't put it there. We'll just leave it or, <laughs> or push push it away from the dock. <laughs> I mean, is that good enough? No. No, I wouldn't no? want to do that. No, because then it's like, I kind of, when, when the sheriff does come, and Marty says, I wouldn't be an idiot to leave him at my own dock, right? Mm-hmm. I. I feel like that is, like, it makes him less... I would kind of agree. I feel like if I found Bobby Dean dead, I would suspect Marty more if I didn't find him at his dock. That is really stupid. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, because if, I feel like if you do... If you push it off, at least, someone's going to find... I mean, people are all, all... I mean, there's people go all around these Ozarks and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, if Marty had a plan on how to get rid of the body, fine. But he better have had a playing that he was confident in he's doubling down at that point you know he's doing he's, he's going all in so yeah he didn't really state a plan did he no he didn't that's the whole point so i don't i i so i i'm in the air which is the better idea so it's kind of it's, it's kind of contingent on the fact that if marty had an actual plan if he didn't then hmm. well, I, don't, I don't know what he planned on doing then <laughs> i mean i guess on one on the one hand you want to stay off the radar of the local law enforcement as much as possible. Exactly. And that's why it's not a bad idea if you can hide the body. Right. with Marty if you can hide it really well. But if you can't and if you mess up, well, obviously that has its own implications, hiding a dead body and getting caught. Yeah. Might seem like you killed that body, huh? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't don't love that idea at all. So, uh, especially if he... If even if he does a good job hiding the body, he just bought lickety splits. Yeah, so that's the, you know, the, Bobby Dean goes missing, and and then Marty shows up as the owner. Uh, that looks very suspicious. And there's more plausibility in that though. It could be maybe he's just up and left, right? There's more question marks in the air because if, if he disappears, people will just assume he died. But if they found him, then they know he died. So there's there's mm. at least like a air of maybe he didn't die, but I see what you mean. Yeah, maybe it's the same result. Yeah, uh, and he might look even guiltier because at least it's not like the overdose of the poppies, whatnot. Right. Not poppies, sorry, well, heroin. Yes. Well, I mean, heroin comes from poppies, yeah. so there you go. Anyway, someone sees them, so they now they don't have a choice, <laughs> and <laughs> so Marty calls uh, the sheriff. And the sheriff is very suspicious of Marty. Uh, the sheriff does not seem to like Marty much at all. Oh, no, no. <laughs> he's an outsider. That's true. But he's not. He he lives there, pays taxes, votes. Right? That's what Wendy said. Ridiculous. Outsider. <laughs> just because well, you put on some sheep's wool don't make you a sheep. That's all I'm saying. Fair enough. Well... Marty is off to wherever he's off to, and uh, he I think he does tell us where he's going, but I don't remember what he said. But he gets stopped because Jacob, Snell, is walking in the middle of the road and won't let Marty through. She needs to talk to him. It's like a chicken. 
He's like a chicken. Then why is a chicken cross the road? I don't know why. We'll talk to Marty. There we go. That must be it. Anyway. <laughs> well, <laughs> Jacob, uh, I, this is this is a, a super intimidating scene. I think. I just this guy has the the nerve to just walk out in the middle of the road and stop. I mean, it's not traffic necessarily, but it's one car. But <laughs> but still he just walks out in the middle of the road like he owns the place because I think he feels like he does. I'm more curious to how he timed that. Like, that's the... Uh, I have to. I want to go back to that scene now and look because that road's either got to be super straight or he had someone, like, just him walking out on the road the way he did. Marty, I felt like, was going pretty slow for where the road was. Now, maybe the speed limit was, like, a 40. I felt like it would have been faster, but I have, I have no clue. But I just... Eh. Takes guts to walk out in front of a moving car. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Or a level of stupidity yeah. somewhere in there. You will say, you know, courage and stupidity. Where's the or bravery? Where's the where's the difference? So. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. But Jacob talks to Marty and says that uh, he and Bobby Dean had an understanding, uh, and he would like to continue that relationship with Marty. But unfortunately, Marty's employer won't allow it, and that's the end of that. No, kind of rude to Marty. Didn't even ask his employer. Oh. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, th- I do think this is pretty crafty of Marty at the same time. Because I think he has recognized that Jacob Snell is someone who's kind of at the top of the food chain here. Yes, he talks about it with Wendy later, yeah. He recognizes yeah, I- it instantly. And I think that playing it off as though there is somebody more powerful and scary than you that I work for is probably the right move. Yeah. Ain't that even wrong? Like, it's not like a lie. No. No. <laughs> not at all. I mean, they didn't directly tell him to go for this strip club, but they did tell him, like, he's got to launder all this money. They mm-hmm. want him to do this. Yeah. Really quick scene at the at the Blue Cat. We've got this guy Zach hitting on Charlotte, inviting her to Party Cove. Mm-hmm. Okay, which is creepy as hell because Charlotte is fifteen. I was thinking about that. I I, I forgot he bought something. I was like, wait, did he buy alcohol? Because if something like that is, ugh. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, you know, I, I'm obviously he doesn't know how old Charlotte is. I mean, I assume he doesn't know. Yeah. If he does know, then it's really creepy. Why is this a run-on thing of people hitting on Charlotte, even though she's very underage? I, well, I, I mean, she does not look 15 to she me. She does not. She, that is true. <laughs> so, she does not look 15, but... Yeah, like, I, you know, I, I don't know. It, I, I can't remember the actor's name who plays Charlotte, but she she's a good actor. Like, she does a really great job, so I understand why they cast her, but at the same time... If she's supposed to be 15, I think they probably could have found someone who looks a little more 15. <laughs> yeah, definitely could look someone that looked younger. I guess she won't have the Jonah effect throughout the series, kind of just growing up. Right. But, yeah. Yeah, because Charlotte basically, basically looks the same in every season. Yeah. So, yeah. Whereas Jonah, there's a clear difference in each season. <laughs> yes. But, but I don't have anything more to say about this. This is just, it's just kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. So at the Lickety Split, 
lickety splits. I, I got to stop calling it the lickety splits. It's like when people say, I got to go to the Walmarts. It's like, no, you have well, to go to Walmart. So. But it's like the, as in, it's like the, the only one, right? I'm going to go to. Actually, I guess that's the other way around. I can't remember. So specifically, generally use the, I'm going to. Hmm. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. Oh, okay. If you use the, then that that does imply some exclusivity. Yeah, so he's going to because listen, there's five lickety splits on that lickety splits on that street alone. He's wow. going to the lickety split. Okay, like the Ohio State University. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's oh, like I'm, a... I'm, I'm, I'm gonna infer. Are there more than one Ohio State University? No, there's okay, not, which is cool. why it's ridiculous. But it, it's um. If you ever watch a, I don't know if they still do it or not, but like NFL football games, so sometimes the player introduced themselves, like I'm so and so from from Notre Dame, I'm so and so from Penn State. But if if it's somebody from Ohio State University, it's usually I'm so and so from the Ohio State University. It's like okay, <laughs> whatever, dude. But the, but I, it adds a bit of grandiose to it, Mr. Style. Keep it up. It sure does. Well, I'll tell you what. You put the in front of any disease, and it immediately sounds worse. Like, I got coronavirus does not sound as bad as I got the coronavirus. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, that's true. It, it does It does amplify everything you talk about. Okay. We got to stop talking about this. Let's just – I got. I have to start calling this place Lickety Splits. Yeah, we so, change the topic. We are, yeah, we are at Lickety Splits, and Marty's talking to Ruth, and it turns out that the whole town and all the employees think that Marty killed Bobby Dean. Mm -hmm. Marty doesn't really have a solution to this problem, but he puts Ruth in charge of Lickety Splits. Now, Mike, I got a question for you. Why do you think he puts Ruth in charge of Lickety Splits here? So, I, I have some, I have some options for you before you. Well, do you want to just answer before I give you options or? Well, I I just want I well, give me the options. I just want to put the caveat in there that it is like a temporary thing. It's like you can run the club for I think the weekend. Yes. The time being. Yes. During the Fourth of July because he's going to be busy at the Blue Cap. So this is not a permanent thing yet. Right. Okay. So, anyway. So so some some options though. Is he doing it because he doesn't want to be at Lickety Splits? He's trying to avoid the place because everybody there thinks he killed Bobby Dean. Is he doing it to empower Ruth, to build her up, to get, help her gain confidence so that she can be more useful to him? Uh, is he doing it because he genuinely trusts her? Or is he doing it uh, to kind of further involve her and get her deeper into it so that they are more closely tied to one another and therefore she is less likely to betray him unless uh, unless there's another option that i didn't think of no i don't think it's a and b combination of those two he wants to avoid the club because yeah. people that go there probably remember dean more than other people around the ozarks mm -hmm. and so they'll be like oh the new owner here so on and so forth you know so that's mm -hmm. definitely one. And also, I, look, option C, I don't think he trusts Ruth all that much, right? Like, he trusts her okay. on the basic sense of, yeah, she can do work, but I'm not going to – I wouldn't, get, like, let her save my life or anything. He wouldn't put – you know. Actually, Ruth was willing to kill Marty. So uh, I wouldn't yeah. go on that. But uh, I think it is – since he's kind of – he understands that now him and Ruth are kind of in it together in a way, or at least he's made it seem that way. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. well, maybe I can make her more useful, and we'll see how she does running this club. And because when he comes uh, later in the episode and lets her have it kind of permanently to run the club day to day, he seemed pretty, you know, nonchalant about it. He already thought it out. So yeah, I, it seems like he's planning that out. Of so, may, so it seems like he's planning for that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think you're probably right. I th- I think that there there's some necessity here. He he needs somebody here because he can't be in two places at once. Although he has Rachel the blue cat, That's he I mean, could yeah. certainly, yeah, he could certainly leave that on its own and then just come over here and run the place. Yeah, but he seems uh, to want to get more businesses. He actually says in the episode. So if he wants to get more mm-hmm. businesses, he's got to yep. have someone running each one day to day, and he'll cook the exactly. Books. Exactly. So he does. He, I think that he kind of views this as an audition for Ruth to, you know, a, a much more wholesome and much more <laughs> empowering audition than she had with Bobby D. Yes. So even though both are money, were, well, were slash are money launderers. Definitely. So, yeah. All right. At the lake house, Jonah is checking out Buddy's guns. He and he wants to know. Uh, Buddy kind of says, what, "What? What are you doing down here?" And they get talking about the guns. But Jonah wants to know if the lake is dangerous. It's a dangerous place. And Buddy says that he's seen lots of bodies. I know. <laughs> oh, uh, Buddy, that is creepy as hell. I, I, I mean, he he talks to Charlotte about it a little bit later in the episode. That you know somebody will get fall off a boat and get caught up in propellers or something and gets you know chopped up, but but I don't think those are the bodies that he's talking about here. No, no, he's just talking. Yeah, yeah. And then I <laughs> I I love this next cut from one scene to the to the next. Jonah says, "My parents don't really like guns," and Buddy says, "Why the hell did they move here if they don't like guns?" <laughs> as, as Jonah shooting a gun. Yeah, yeah, he's got shown out for for target practice with watermelons, but it's it is it is an interesting point because it's just another illustration of how out of place Marty and Wendy are in the Ozarks. Mm-hmm. Because it's actually a legitimately good question when Buddy says, "Why the hell do they move here if they don't like guns?" Yeah, they seem to be brought a place, and this, yeah, I mean, the sheriff sense. I, I think most people in the community, once you look into a bit, can definitely sense that, uh, that they're super out of place. Yeah, and I, I do like how then Buddy kind of, both Jonah and Buddy kind of poke and prod a bit at each other. Yes, this neither is without, cool. neither without revealing too much information. Yep, and Jonah is just, I mean, for whatever age he is, I, I'm going to call him eleven. For an eleven year old kid. He is pretty adept at navigating this this potentially dangerous conversation. He is, yeah. He doesn't he doesn't slip anything, and he even uh, asks back. You know, tries to yeah, yeah. Because but buddy says I've been here nearly thirty years, and everyone I've seen move here was running from something unsavory. And so, rather than revealing what Marty and Wendy are running from. Jonah just throws it back at Buddy and says, well, what are you running from? And Buddy just goes back to shooting. He's like, oh, let's, let's shoot the watermelon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very interesting. But yeah, and, yeah. Buddy asks, or Buddy asks uh, Jonah what uh, Marty does for work. He says, like, kind mm-hmm. of the angel investor thing. And 
buddy kind of goes, ah, interesting. Because, you know, it, it basically credits Dean's body being there to Marty's work. So, I'm not oh saying gosh. Marty killed him, but whatever Marty's it, done has caused Dean to be the way he is. So, interesting it, work. Okay, hold on a second. Yeah, I, it, it took me a minute to follow what you were saying because when you said Dean, all I could think of was Dean from The Leftovers. Uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> I know. About, yeah, Bobby. Yeah, you're I, Bobby I, Dean. Yeah, Bobby okay, Dean. got it. Yep. Okay. Yes. Yes. Very good point. All right. Back at the blue cat, or unless there's something else you want to say about that scene with Buddy and Jonah? Nope. No, it's good. Okay. Back at the blue cat, somehow Wyatt is here. I don't know why he's at the blue cat, but Charlotte sees him and apologizes not for punching him. He deserved that, but rather apologizes for her mother throwing the dead possum onto the roof. So, like, this to me is unnatural again for, like, a 15-year-old to do. Alright? I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go here. I'm okay if Wyatt and Charlotte, like, um, reconcile. That's fine. But I don't mm-hmm. like the way the manner this occurs. I'll, just because, if you're Charlotte's point of view, I mean, yeah, she might feel bad about that thing. Like, the her mom throwing the animal at them, whatever. But mm-hmm. Wyatt still did push her off a boat, and then she did punch Wyatt in rage, right? Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I feel like, I, if not, she's, I mean, much older. <laughs> she, or she acts much more like it's mature, I guess, in that way. But just, I don't know. I just, I I don't think many 15-year-olds would apologize. Well... But I, all I'm gonna say is, all I'm say is, if I was in Charlotte's situation, I wouldn't apologize. I'm like, ah, screw him. <laughs> yeah. The okay. Suckers, not the, suckers, there are there are two. Let, let me offer two possible uh, um, options as to well, maybe and probably both. Two possible reasons why Charlotte might want to apologize and and try to co- connect with Wyatt. Okay. The, the first is maybe she's actually attracted to him. So in that in which case she is going to try to connect with him regardless. The other possible option is I, it, it seems to me like she hates at least Wendy. Maybe not Marty. She, she hates Wendy enough that she might be doing this to piss Wendy off. Mm -hmm. Yep. I think that, (laughs) that, that, that might be to me that, that, that could make sense of her hatred for Wendy. She definitely, we, we've seen the falling out between, I mean, the kids' relationship and their parents, but Charlotte mm-hmm. and Wendy have fallen off the most, I think, between um, the kids and the parents, right? Compared to, yeah, like, for sure. both of them with uh, Marty and Jonah to um, Charlotte. They've mm-hmm. definitely, like, yeah, they've fallen completely off. So I, I, I could believe it in that sense. That's true. That um, I think it is a bit spy, and she might also be interested in Wyatt in some way, but I do think, yeah, I, I, I do think it's, I wouldn't expect this. I'm not saying it would never happen. But I'm like, hmm. I, I saw that scene. I was like, I don't know. I, like, I, I kind of don't feel like that would happen because it, it's been like, it hasn't been long enough. I feel like they've barely. I feel. I still feel like they've barely been at the Ozarks. Yeah, I guess we don't. How long but maybe have it they has been, been longer? I don't know. Maybe it's been a I, week. I don't know. I mean, it's been long enough for Marty to launder like a million dollars out, which like, that's pretty that. amazing. Actually, July Fourth happened, so if we could get a date yep. when they got there, I never. No, it might be way longer. So I, I might be, I, my headspace was, you know, it's been like a week, baby, but it could definitely be longer than a week. So, you know, I, I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to walk that back. Cause if it's been longer, it'll definitely, 
give it more. So I will I will definitely walk that back. I'm I'm gonna say I, I think it's probably been about a month. Yeah, that's would what I'm be my guess. Too, if he's done that much money. Yeah, I, and the other the other thing I have that uh, that's leading me in that direction is I doesn't doesn't Dell ask Marty in the first episode if his kids are on summer break yet? I I don't remember. I think he does, and I I don't know what you know the Chicago schools do, but some schools end their school year in May, so it it could be that they've been there all of June and now this first bit of July. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. So it's possible that they've been there for like a month. Okay. Yeah, I walked that back then. Because if it's been longer, I can definitely see just, you know, things dying time, whatever. Mm-hmm. There's no vengeance in heart. So, okay. Never mind. I like. Yep. <laughs> we can move on now. Yeah. So, uh, still in the blue cat, Rachel and Marty have this conversation, and Marty asks, you know, brings up Bobby Dean. Rachel has no idea what Bobby Dean was into, but she does kind of tell Marty, you might want to bugger off here because your presence is not very good for business because the whole community thinks that he killed Bobby Dean. And not even that. She's even kind of suspicious of Marty, of what he's into. Yep. 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 But Marty uh, asks her about the Snells. And she doesn't know a lot about the Snells, but she knows a few things. She says they've lived here as long as anyone can remember. They moved up into the hills when the dam went up. And when that dam went up, the lake swallowed up their ancestors' graves. So this is, like, heavy stuff. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know where this dam is or what its design was or anything, but it sounds like the dam went up, the lake shifted, onto their land which is where they buried their ancestors Mm -hmm. Uh, and she says there are lots of rumors about what goes on on their farm and then we transition to the farm so anything you want to say about that before we start talking about jacob and darlene no no okay so jacob and darlene talk a little bit about bobby dean they talk a little bit about uh you know why he well darlene says to ash never trust a redneck when you need a job done right so she's bringing it up again uh marty so that they just they had just used that same slur against bobby dean after they killed him you yeah. know if jacob said effing redneck but anyway uh darlene says, and uh is darlene i think it is who says well, Marty is a, is more afraid of his boss than he is of us. And the question is, does he have reason to be? Yep. That was Darlene, right? I think that was Darlene, yeah. So yeah. So this, and that's, that's, I think, the question that Marty meant to incept into Jacob when he made that statement. You know, I'm more afraid of my boss than I am of you. So maybe you ought to be more afraid of that boss too, and probably stay away from me. He, he rightfully is afraid of his boss. I, I, yeah. I it, it's going to be hard for them to follow that act. This is the cartel, and they did kill his best friend, and that frequently threatened to kill him. Even last time we saw him on the phone, they'll be sure <laughs> threatening to kill him again and his family. So. Yep. But Ash says, now you know what you need to do for us about Mr. Bird. Or, I'm sorry, she doesn't, Darlene says that to Ash. Ash, now you know what you need to do for us about Mr. Bird. Now, I, when she said this, I was like, it, is, 
Does Ash try to kill Marty? I didn't remember. Yeah, me too. I was like, wait, what's the... going on here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and actually, I got to be honest with you, all this reconnaissance that Ash does later in the episode, I don't remember where that goes. Me either. Yeah, no, I'm with you. <laughs> so that's, that is interesting, but it definitely seems like Marty now is going to be taking it from multiple angles and he's got a lot to, as if he didn't have enough to deal with, he now has these people to deal with. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, after this whole conversation of the Snells get to where they're going and that's they're looking out on their field of poppies. So the Snells are dealing the H. The heroin. Maybe Charlie yes. from Lost got it from them. Oh, that could be. If you hey, know, spoilers for Lost. I don't think it's much of a spoiler. <laughs> it's quite early in the season um, one that, I, that we find that out. I would not consider that a spoiler. <laughs> no, me neither. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if if you don't know that, then you don't. You're not probably going to remember his name anyway. No, you won't remember <laughs> his name. Don't worry about it. But yeah, you, but you know what? You should watch Lost and our podcasts anyway. It's true. Actually, not this week, but next week, we have a Charlie episode coming up, don't we? Mm-hmm. We do. And we'll be looking forward to that. Very excited. That's some, some sarcasm. Very excited. <laughs> okay. All right. Back at the, at the lake house, Josh Silverberg shows up. Here's Josh. He's uh, Gary, Gary Silverberg's son, which is Sugarwood's son. And he shows up to talk to Wendy. He doesn't believe it was a suicide. That's quite astute. She tells him that she had just ended things and she's hoping that he buys that as a good reason for his father's suicide. Yeah. I guess. Which, I guess yeah. Oh, yeah. Continue. Yeah. Go, no, no, go ahead. That, oh, that's, okay. That's well, I was just saying, the biggest question yeah. is um, well, he, he does ask, which you're probably about to say, Wendy if she loved Sugarwood. Mm. And that that's the big question. It does cut away here. You don't get to hear the answer. But even when yep. we do hear the answer, is is she telling the truth, right? Yes, right. What she's saying seems opposite to how she's acting. So. Right. Right. So, yeah, I mean, she does the right thing here, though. I mean, I think oh, she yeah. plays this play as well. Yeah, this is as well as you can play this. I mean, this is a difficult, difficult situation because you, you can't go out and say, nope, uh, the cartel who we work for uh, threw him out the window. Sorry, dude. <laughs> she obviously can't say that. Uh, she has to play it off as a suicide. And it's, I mean, it makes sense. I was ending things because I was moving down here with my family for a fresh start because, she, I mean, here she is. She's in a different state. Makes some sense. So she's hoping that he buys it. He asks if she loves her and we don't get, we don't get to know the answer. My guess is that she, I I believe that she is telling the truth later when she says that she told him that she did not love him. I'm probably more skeptical than you on that. Just because of how, I understand even if she didn't love him being emotional, you don't have to love someone to feel you know, remorse at their passing. Mm-hmm. Cause she, I mean, understandably, she's worried, right? Because now uh, Josh could be, you know, they could get in trouble with the law with Josh on mm-hmm. them. But mm-hmm. 
I just the way she said it in her her manners it made me feel like she was really you know really sad about it. Uh, mm-hmm. The sadness she felt. Uh, remember in episode two when Marty says those like horrendous things uh, to Wendy about like he sleeps at night thinking about how he struggled with just and splat on the mm-hmm. pavement. I, mm-hmm. I I guess what's telling is when when an episode one whenever all the things started going down. Wendy listened to Sugarwood over Marty, kind of. She mm-hmm. took the money out. So I I wouldn't be shocked if she, like, you know, was going to leave Marty for Sugarwood and, you know, something of that effect. Or, I don't know. Just... Oh, I, I totally agree. And I'm not saying that... All right, I gotta stop. I gotta stop with so many negatives. I believe that Wendy did love Gary. Oh, okay. So, so that's not what I was saying. I, but I also believe that she told Josh that she did not love Gary. Oh, okay. That, that's the misunderstanding. I, yeah. I just assumed what she said to uh, Josh was the same thing she told Marty. Oh, yes. okay. I was, I was, I was just wondering if she lied about saying that. She was lying when saying that. Okay. Right. So, <laughs> right. Right. So. I think she's lying when she says she doesn't love him, but I think she's telling the truth when she says she told Josh mm-hmm. that she doesn't love him. Oh yeah, and I agree with that. That's that's my exact viewpoint too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I got great. It. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad we agree. I don't know what I would have done if we disagreed. Kurt. <sighs> I would have ended the episode <laughs> right here. Stop and laugh. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So I I think and I think that was the right move. I think that it's the right move to say no, I didn't love him. That's why I moved here with my family and left him. And that's mm-hmm. why he killed himself. I think that's that's the right move. Yeah, best you can do in that moment. I wonder if... It doesn't seem like that. Well, I guess maybe he doesn't leave a, like, a text message trail because the FBI is on them. Like, there's no way you can yeah. really... I, yeah, so never mind. I answered my own question. I was like, you know, why not text Wendy when she's coming home to kind of hopefully give her a heads up? So maybe like when right. she's at the door in her car... If she reads it before she gets out of her car, she can go, oh, okay, let me prep myself. But, uh, yeah, kind of answered my own question. The FBI is on them, so maybe avoid such things. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, th- I I think that you could reasonably, even with the FBI on you, give Wendy a call and say, hey, there's a Josh Silverberg here to see you. Do you know this guy? <laughs> and play it off that way. Uh, but I That's think true. Marty probably wants to make Wendy uncomfortable and yeah. wants to see it happen. So that's <laughs> I, I I buy that too, yeah. I think Marty yeah. yeah. But Marty doesn't stick around for the conversation, obviously. He goes to the blue cat where Rachel has just gotten lucky. Mm-hmm. And they kind of uh I don't know. I, th- I think there's some, I don't want to say chemistry here, but I think that there's some interest here, mutual interest. Yeah, there's a bit of like tension or something in the air, but it's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but Marty says they're screwed if the storm doesn't let up because it's storming right now. Yeah. If the storm doesn't let up by the 4th of July, Rachel then describes the big summer holidays as ruling days, title of the episode, days that would rule how they live the rest of the year. Now, I know we haven't talked about it on this podcast. We have talked about how sometimes the titles in Ozark are a little abstract and hard to figure out why they picked those titles. Uh, this uh, this one's pretty obvious. <laughs> how do you feel about them using the title of the episode in this context? I 
I did not like it. <laughs> I did not like it. I, I mean, you could definitely say. No, I don't know. I just wasn't about it. <laughs> I don't like the title. Okay. Okay. So. So, Kurt and I both generally have kind of an issue with episodes, uh, episode titles being worked into the dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of a, a form of spoon feeding that I don't really like at all. <laughs> you know, uh, the the most egregious offense that I could think of right now is uh, White Rabbit, an episode of Lost, <laughs> <laughs> where I, I mean. Everybody knows the White Rabbit from Alice in Wonderland. At least I know it. Maybe I, maybe everybody doesn't. So when they when they have a character in that episode tell the story of of Alice following the White Rabbit, I was very disappointed because it made me feel like, I mean, I felt like I was pretty smart because I knew what was going on. <laughs> I realized the exact reasoning back then. Yeah. I felt so good about myself, and then. And they told everyone else, and so I couldn't yep. feel as good about myself anymore. Exactly. Even though, even though, like I said, in all honesty, right, it doesn't actually change anything. Like you still knew it. No. But I see what you mean. Yeah. I because yeah. I, I remember I didn't realize until like maybe like a few scenes before it. I was like, wait, Reb. Oh, it's like I also wondered. Like I finally got it, and then they mm-hmm. revealed <laughs> it. And I was like, oh, I, oh, I felt so special. Exactly. So. Exactly. Now I sometimes have the opposite problem with Ozark with these titles that make no that, that I can't figure out why they pick these titles and it makes me feel stupid. So <laughs> there's got to be a happy medium here where the title is obvious enough for for us to understand without explaining but not so obvious that uh you feel like you're the smartest person in the room, you know what I mean? Yes. Or the smartest, the smartest viewer of the show. But this one actually, so, so I had no idea what Rolling Days was, and I never would have picked that up if they didn't tell me what it meant. So I, so I kind of needed this explanation for, as to what Rolling Days were. Having said that, I think it's just a bad title for the episode. I'm with you. I think Ozark as a whole, not very good at titling their episodes. At least in season one yeah. so far. They've been, I mean, I guess uh, maybe we'll praise them if they do good, but I don't think they've done that good at all in any of the episodes so far. Yeah. So. It, yeah, um, seriously. I mean, Sh- Sugarwood, that one was fine, I uh, guess. Yeah, I'm okay with Sugarwood. Except he's not like the central figure of the episode. So it, it is kind of strange that, that it's called Sugarwood. Uh, the second episode, Blue Cat, it's like, we don't even know what the blue cat is until the last five minutes of the episode. And I don't, it, it's, I don't even think we see the blue cat. Do we? I can't remember. I don't think so. So think. we see the sign for the blue cat. Um, the third episode, my dripping sleep is, is way too abstract. <laughs> so yeah. you've got like episode one, um, a minor storyline of the episode. Uh, episode two, a very minor storyline of the episode. Episode three, a very abstract title. Episode four, tonight we improvise. Tonight we improvise. They never say that right, but yeah, no, it's kind of abstract. I agree. Semi-abstract, and then this one, a uh, spoon-fed title. So it's like, I, I, I'm not, I'm not in love with the titling of these episodes, and this is probably my least favorite title because there is no way that I would possibly know that without them explaining it, and I don't like how they. And I don't like them explaining it. So, I, how do I word it? I'm okay if you say the title's name in the episode if it makes sense and it doesn't ruin it. Mm-hmm. Like if you name it, 
gathering. I don't know. And you say the word gathering, obviously that's okay. But yeah, this is an odd set of words. Even if they said ruling days, I might mm -hmm. be okay with it, depending on the context. But yeah, they literally just just explaining it. I just yeah. No, I so no. so I to be to be fair though, like I like the idea of ruling days, and I like her explanation of it, and I would like to hear that. I don't think that should be the title of the episode because there's no way that I could know that without hearing this explanation. And now it just sounds like you put the dialogue in there just so you could explain the title of the episode. Yeah. So the, my problem is not with Rachel's explanation of what ruling days are. My problem is with the fact that that's the title of the episode. Yeah. If they didn't have it as the title of the episode, fully fine with them, that dialogue of the ruling days, mm -hmm. but that's the title of the episode. And it just, it, Every time it's the title of something and you remember the title, it's always jarring to hear the title of anything, at least to me. Right. Like I hear it and it takes me out of the moment. I'm like, oh, that's the title of this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I might have called this episode Independence Day or Fourth of July. <laughs> something like that. Anyway. I'm trying to think. I can't think of a good title. Maybe it is hard. Uh, maybe something with Mason. I don't know. Or uh, Bowie Bob Bobby. <laughs> That's terrible. We do a sea sermon. Sea sermon. That's that's what it should have been. <laughs> even though this is not the sea, it's just a very large lake. Yeah, we only see the sea. <laughs> yeah, but alliteration. Anyway, yeah. Yes, exactly. So, uh, Marty tells Wendy uh, that. Oh no, I'm sorry. Marty tells Rachel that Wendy is currently talking to her dead lover's son. So, you know, this is after Rachel has already said, you know, I just had, you know, my F of the week and he's back there, but the conversation's better out here. So they're clearly dropping hints to each other. You know, she, that's a big hint that she's dropping to Marty. You know, we see them exchange a look at the end of the episode too. Uh, and Marty is, you know, telling her that his wife had an affair. Mm -hmm. So. I definitely think there's there's something un going on between these two. Yeah. That's definitely okay. fair to say. Yep. At Lickety Splits, I did it right that time, Margaret, who we've already met, she was kind of the mole that Marty used uh, to kind of weasel his way into Lickety Splits. Margaret is enters the club and she is pissed about a new attractive stripper on the pole and confronts Ruth about it. And she basically says that she calls out Ruth for her father. She says, Bobby Dean shows up dead and now you're in charge. We all know who your daddy is. And Ruth punches her and warns everybody in, in the place about trash talking her daddy. So, so I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to butt in and say when they, when, when the girl first, uh, invoked Ruth's daddy. I thought she meant like she was calling Marty her daddy, like some like weird, mm. you know, like he she's doing favors for Marty and Marty's helping her go up like the ladder kind of thing. But then yeah. once Ruth says it again, I'm like, she wouldn't call Marty daddy. She means her actual dad. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and we've already, he's already been invoked once mm -hmm. in this season very early on. Uh, you know, when uh, Boyd got into it with Ruth. Uh, about the money and you know ruth definitely has a sensitive spot when people talk about her father it's definitely a trigger for her and you do not want to set her off 
You do not want Trigger Girl. No. <laughs> no. Okay, so Marty returns home and wants every detail from Wendy about her conversation. Now, this conversation to me borders on, you know, part of me thinks that he wants every detail because he needs to know what Josh now knows because of the sensitive situation that they're in. And I think that that takes it so far, only so far, because I think there's more of it that's, that's also indicating that he just wants to make Wendy feel uncomfortable. You think there's a bit of knife twisting in there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'd agree with that notion. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't think we need to say anything more about this scene. We've already said quite a bit about it. So yep. that's fine. Okay. Russ. Uh, I'm sorry, Petty is, is running along uh, the road somewhere. Russ drives up and approaches him and says he'd like to fish with him again uh, because, you know, money's money, uh-huh. right? And Petty agrees. Marty brings the sheriff a bill of sale because the sheriff wanted that. You know, he said he was accusing Marty of being a suspect and Marty said, I bought the I bought Lickety Splits from him at a fair market price. He says, well, I'll just need to see that bill of sale. And so Marty brings that to him, shows him the bill of sale. And, the, and uh, Sheriff says he called Chicago and found out the bruise is missing. And that they're calling Bobby Dean's death an overdose. Hmm. Uh, yeah, Wendy is suspicious of that. She says, well, was it an overdose? And the sheriff clarifies and says, it's better for all of us if we call it an overdose. <laughs> so... This is a CD CD sheriff. He, uh, I mean, but he saved the taxpayer money, as he said before. That is true. Sal, you lived here. Your taxes would maybe be lower. This guy. Yeah, he did. He did say that. Got money in your pocket. <laughs> okay. All right. Well. Petty and Russ had a great day fishing. You know, Russ is dropping is a. Uh, bringing him back and petty tries to kiss russ and russ does not receive that well he punches him in the face twice i think right yeah it definitely gets a one good one in there for sure yeah. <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah and then uh calls him some some slurs and kicks him out of the truck yeah so you know this to me pretty clearly was petty's plan all along mm-hmm we talked about this when they first went fishing you know there wasn't any real reason for him to drop in there that he was gay yet he did it knowing that that would probably be Russ's reaction but here he is you know attempting to kiss Russ. i mean there there's a po- i mean it's possible that he's just attracted to Russ. but if he's if, the, if this is if this is all that it is if it's just he's attracted to Russ then he's I not really doing his job. That. Imagine <laughs> so when he was looking through the database and saw Rust as an associate of Ruth, he's like, oh, that's a good-looking guy. And, <laughs> and that's and that's the, what's been fueling him here. Yeah, I mean, oh. I don't think that's the case. He's just no. been so hell-bent on getting Marty here. I think even if Petty wasn't gay, he probably would have tried this yeah. because <laughs> he's definitely Machiavellian. He will do whatever it takes to get Marty here. The ends justifies the means. But uh, th- this is 
this seems like it was his plan all along and he probably knew it would happen exactly this way. Mm-hmm. So anyway, anything else you want to say about that? No, no, I, I'm with it. Okay. They're uh, what Marty and Wendy are hanging out at this half built house that they now own. And Wendy thinks that the sheriff knows that the Snells killed Bobby Dean. Mm-hmm. I don't know how Wendy knows that the Snells killed Bobby Dean, but she thinks she knows that, and she thinks the sheriff knows that. Do you know how she knows, or is this, you think she's just that good? I'm assuming uh, maybe her and Marty talked, like, you know. I mean, they've but been standing Mar- here for some time. So. How does How does Marty know? Oh, he might be assuming, just because of the way Jacob Snell intimidated him and said me and Bobby Dean had a thing going on. What about us? Like, I think, I feel like I could bridge the connection there of, hmm, well, I think he had something to do with this. With the, okay. Because, okay, here's what you know from Marty's point of view, right? He was laundering money. Yep. And, uh, what's it? This man comes to you telling you about this arrangement right after you found Bobby Dean dead. I It's just... I, it would seem as though Bobby Dean's or if you know you're Marty and you didn't kill him, you probably know his organization probably killed him in the same way he'd probably get killed yeah. by the cartel, right? It's basically That's the same foot. He's just like, okay, so his organization killed him the same way my basically, either he was gonna die or um, I mean maybe not. He could buy other businesses, but his neck was on the line, and in this case, Bobby Dean's was, was just oh literally, I mean stabbed him in the neck. But exactly. So, yeah. Right, yeah, so good I point. I, yeah, I don't think it's a bridge too far to connect that the Snells, if they didn't kill him directly, definitely had something to do with his death. That's yeah. I would. I mean, I I don't think that's super outlandish from their point of views to know this. Okay. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. So we're just we just didn't see Marty put that together and Wendy put that together, but here Wendy has it together, <laughs> and she's presenting it to us. So that's fine. That's fine. But Marty isn't is less concerned about that than he is about how they're going to find enough businesses to clean four million dollars without getting into a war with the Snells. Yeah. So he, you know, he's he's less concerned about the sheriff possibly knowing that the Snells did it than he is about avoiding a war with them and still being able to wash all this money. Mm-hmm. Wendy has an idea. She's she has a ma- the ideas for a massive construction project. The only problem is that they need to build something that the IRS is afraid to touch. And he doesn't tell us what it is in this scene, but the very next scene, they're visiting Mason and Grace. So clearly the IRS doesn't want to touch churches and that's what they're going to go for. I love that. I, I thought it was so funny. Did, did you laugh at all about that? Like what's something everyone jokes about how everyone's afraid of the IRS. What's the IRS yeah. afraid of? Right. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. 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 That's pretty awesome. So, and it's, I mean, this is, I mean, what is this like 40 minutes into the episode or so? Yeah. And this is the first we're seeing Mason since that opening, which is another reason why I don't love the opening. Yeah. It's not like Mason played a huge role throughout this whole episode. He, he kind of came in in the last third of it, but Anyway, they go to see Mason and Grace. Meanwhile, back home, Charlotte's going swimming, and Buddy approaches her and warns her not to swim past the buoy. Not not the Bobby Dean buoy, the real buoy. Uh, and 
and we see i think the the whole point of this scene is so that we can see jonah running through the woods with a gun yeah but i do like the way charlotte like claps back at a buddy for like he's like i mean it is pretty funny the way buddy's like and i'll you know if you ruin my boat i'll pee all over your grave yeah. and then charlotte's like y'all they won't find all my pieces by the time you die that's so, right. I do, I do like the like the banter between both of them. That was pretty. Funny. Yeah, for sure. Yep. For them. Yep. Uh, Wendy and Marty are with Mason and Grace. Grace is pregnant, and Wendy and Marty offer to build Mason a church, and he says, "Well, I already have a church." And then, it's not Marty, but Wendy, who sells him on the idea. She tells him the story about the church that her daddy helped build by the way do you think she ever would refer to her father as her daddy unless she was in the ozarks no no that's not her lingo she's trying to be more relatable yeah exactly i don't think i don't think that she's someone who calls him daddy i think that she's put she's uh uh playing the game here i mean i question this whole story like I would probably oh absolutely. If you made me have to pick, definitely embellished. Uh, uh, yeah. whether, whether it's true fully, like it's a full out lie. I think about fifty fifty. It's a full out lie. Yeah, boy. Wendy, Wendy is such an interesting character. <laughs> she's she's amazing. Yeah, she, she. But that. But this is the second time in this episode where we're left to wonder if she's telling the truth, and and it kind of matters whether or not she's telling the truth so anyway it, it i i love wendy I, I think she's an incredible character anyway she says that uh, her daddy helped build it and then she tells mason we just want to pay for this church but your congregation should build it let them learn what they're capable of and that seems to be the selling point for Mason because Mason was really on the fence about this whole thing. You know, I have a church. I hear you own a strip club. Like he wasn't, he wasn't buying what the birds were selling until Wendy told the story. Yeah. I great. Great. To be sales lady. Good work. Yeah. Good for her. She's awesome. We see Jonah again in the woods and he's burying that gun that he had. And that's that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, these Ozark scenes are so quick. They are. It's, it's like it, a I squirrel. Mean, yeah, it is. It is. It's, you know, it's, it's strange coming to this from the leftovers where you get like five minute monologues with just two people in the room and like the extreme close up camera angles. And this is like, you get like a 15 second scene and then it's on to a new scene. Mm-hmm. I like so. it. My like goldfish brain, my attention's been <laughs> helped a lot by this. Um, I, I used to fall asleep a lot during leftover scenes. Like they'd start it. I'd oh, fall stop. Asleep, wake up near the end. Like, oh, 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 okay. I can piece of what's happened here. And no, stop that. It was really good for my sleep schedule though. I got a lot of sleep in anyway. Stop that right but. now. Listeners, don't believe his <laughs> lies. The Leftovers, he loved it. It's an amazing show. You should watch it and listen to our podcast. I did love okay. it. Okay. <laughs> Great sleep, anyway. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> All right. Petty doesn't seem very shaken by what happened in Russ's truck. He's just making flies for fly fishing. Which, I mean, 
He's got like a pin board, doesn't he? Well, that's what he was doing. Oh, you know, you're right. They never show us the pin board. And he, he's doing this. I guess we can credit to his. Maybe he hit his pin board knowing that Russ would come. Like, you know, he's. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. this is this is pretty. Like, everything's going according to his plan. I was mean, it, he is. There's a reason this guy's in the FBI, I guess. He's yeah, yeah. Is, right? This guy, this guy reads people like a book. He's. Yeah. He's creepy as hell, but man, he knows what he's doing oh, because yeah. I, I'm I'm certain that we have already seen his pin board. Yeah. I think he put Russ's picture on it. <laughs> That's when we saw it. Yeah, and it's not hanging up right now. When Russ comes to pay him a visit, and that is something that 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 Petty. What the heck is it, Roy? That Roy Petty. Something else. If I if I were if I was the FBI, if I was his boss, I would hire him. Certainly, he, mm-hmm. he does his good work. He's really creepy. Yeah. I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to be around him. But yeah, exactly. Maybe that's why I sent off to go do this. Though, like, okay, get out of yeah. my hair, Petty. Yeah. So Russ Russ is at the door, and it really it initially seems like he's like attacking Petty, but then he starts kissing him, and he stays. So he has fallen into Petty's trap. I, I really, I really would like to know what was on that arrest sheet or whatever it was. Yeah, the data, the FBI database that made yeah. Petty choose Russ. I'm gonna go with the storyline. So I'm assuming yep. that maybe it's a, the only thing I can think of. It's either he is like there's permanent records there, and like there's a note mm-hmm. on there that says it, or uh, a crime he did. Like maybe he did uh, something that kind of shows that he's interested in men, uh, right? Thoughts about it, or option three, which I would find funny. I doubt it, but he Patty looked at him and was like, "I think that's a really good-looking guy," and I would, I'm going. <laughs> so, and this is completely unrelated to the Ruth thing, but it now is working out for him possibly. <laughs> so, that would be funny. Well, all right. So business is good at the Blue Cat. And that's all we get out of the next scene, I think. Yeah, right. Doing well, it's busy. Yeah, just business is good. Uh, Charlotte is going to go hang out with Wyatt. Wendy's not thrilled about this, but she's going to do it nonetheless. Be- probably because Wendy's not thrilled with it. <laughs> so. And this is what sells me on the fact that this is partially the reason why Charlotte at least starts hanging out with Wyatt or is hanging out with Wyatt. Like, mm-hmm. there's an element of this, right? Showing yes. how upset Wendy is. They, they, I like well, after they leave, you just see Wendy in the mirror and she's worried, right? She's... Yep. So. Yes, for sure. Okay. Marty goes to Lickety Splits and Ruth tells him that in that one night, they made $80,000. I... <laughs> that is a pretty good haul. I. Yeah, I just, I just don't understand this. I mean, that's got to be cash flow. Even still, though, that's so much cash flow. That's a lot of cash flow. That is so much. Like, yep. I don't, I don't even understand where his bills are. Like, just be forty thousand dollars, half of that. Like, okay, I, I just don't know. It's, there should be very rich people here. Like, this is, I don't know. Ridiculous. I listen. I don't think he has to launder the money for the cartel. Just keep up the strip club, and you'll make enough money to give the money. They're like just 
use that. Just use the actual money you're making here. There's so much. Seriously. But no. Honestly, God. I, I it's it's yeah, it's an insane amount. I mean, I guess this is during a the big um holiday, but still, I just yeah, unbelievable. That's all I'm saying. Just... Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of money. Marty's impressed, so impressed that he offers Ruth the permanent manager position for a thousand dollars a week. Ruth like just start; she just lights up. Yeah. She, this, she, oh no, you finish your. Thought. No, go, no, go ahead. Oh, okay. This just mm-hmm. seems. Oh, uh, I lost. I lost what I was gonna say. I can't remember <laughs> what I was gonna say. You. You, uh, I, I said. I said Ruth just lights up when when he offers her the job. And before they offer. Offers her yeah. the job. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. oh, yeah. Ruth has been doing a really good job with the, yes. the, the cultural say. Like, whenever we see her, she's managing it pretty well. Like, she hires uh, more girls to work there. I mean, business mm-hmm. is always booming. Granted, like I said again, it's the holidays. But when we saw Bobby Dean owning it, it never, it, it always seemed like not that many people were in there, right? Yeah. Like, it, 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 it never seemed as busy as we've always seen it with Ruth running uh, things. So, right, exactly. She's doing, good job. She's, she's doing good. Yeah, people might yeah. question her uh, ethics on beating up one of her employees, but you know, hey, you, job done. you used you used the trigger word. You invoked daddy, yeah. No, you, you say daddy. that word, you're gonna get the fist. Yeah, the, that's right. This is the way it's gonna be. So, I I blame I blame that girl. I don't blame Ruth. But it's also criminal. Right. Only paying. I mean, I shouldn't say criminal. It is especially for this area. Seemingly uh, making a thousand dollars a week. Well, I mean, it's pro- I mean, yeah, that's a really good amount to make. Especially, in area. it feels like in an area like this too. That's uh, I mean, based. Considering what Ruth is coming from, a thousand dollars a week, fifty-two thousand a year. That's pretty darn good. That's really good. That's yeah. That, yeah. That's that's good enough. But I. When he did that, I was also like, "But there's eighty grand right there. Like that's a lot of cash flow. Like, like, like I feel like you surely could pay Ruth more. But whatever, fair enough. You have to. You, you can't just have an employee and pay them a load of money. I guess got to make them somewhat hungry. But I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, you're here to make money, not to. Uh, yeah, you're here to make money, not spend money. Exactly. It, it kind of calls back to when uh, Marty was um, negotiating last episode tonight. We improvise even uh, negotiated yeah. with Ruth. For the payout of the safe, despite the money not at all being the objective of that. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's it is it's important that that he. I mean, he's he's paying her a fair wage. It's not like it's Definitely. unfair. I think more. So, it's on more than fair wage too. If you ask me. Absolutely. No experience going into this, and you know, yeah, absolutely. Area like this certainly could go less. So yeah, good. good on, uh, for Marty and good on for Ruth, just good for everyone, I guess. I guess so. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> you all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> okay. So Wyatt and Charlotte are sitting on the roof. Apparently, that's just where Wyatt lives. He lives on the roof. I I have to pause and... here. You ever used to go? Well, I have to pause here. You ever go on your like house's roof as a kid? Uh, I think I, I had one house where I was able to go on the roof. Me and my sister used to go on the house roof frequently as like teenagers, just cause. Like with not with each other. Huh. Like, Jan would go up there with her friends, 
Uh, and yeah, sometimes I'd go up there with, like, my friends. <laughs> just because they're like, ah, let's go on the roof. So, I don't know why. Just a thing. I, so, you know what? I'm with this. Wanting to stand on the roof and read a book. Especially in weather, nice weather like that. Interesting. Something nice about being on a roof. On, like, a yeah. mild day. Anyway. Uh, it looks It looks really pleasant. It looks yeah. like something I would like to do. So. Anyway, though, I just but... want to say I'm 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 pro uh, roof. In fact, I think people should start getting roof furniture. Like if roof you have a flat top roof, what about what if it rains? I mean, what happens if you have outdoor furniture? Like like you know, I that's I always think exactly that. What you could <laughs> what if it rains? It, it can be water resilient. It depends. Like, like if you have a cushion, then yeah, the cushion's gonna be filled with water. You have to probably like. Either squeeze it out, and then it'll dry much faster. You'll just have to wait quite a while for it to dry on its own. But, I mean, yeah, people, you can deal with that. You can just have it being plastic or, like, just metal, something that won't, you know. Uh, well, I'm, not, I'm not an engineer here, but I, I, if they have furniture outside, I'm sure they could put furniture. Just take that same furniture, but put it on my roof, and then I can sit on it. All right. Yeah. But yeah. I wonder but, if that'll ever become a thing, people just chilling on the roof. Anyway. I think it already is a thing. No, but I you don't see a... furniture though. Like like a, a like a regular person's roof, not like some penthouse thing. Like like a regular person's roof, some furniture up there. They've got like railings. Well, you know, it's funny. I I remember um, my wife used to live in New York City. In fact, when we when we started dating, she was living in New York City, and I helped her move out. And I, the the night that I was there helping her move out, we we hung out on the roof of the building she lived in. So. Oh, it was, it was like an apartment building, or was it a? It it was no, it was well, you know, it wasn't an apartment building. It was like a house. Oh, that was so cool. Like, on a New York City. Yeah, roof. She, she, yeah, she rented a, a room in a house. I mean, it, the 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 house had like, you know, three or four floors, and and it was very very big. But yeah, we I remember hanging out on the roof, and I think if I'm remembering correctly, there was a couch on the roof. Oh, so. that's dope. <laughs> that is amazing i like yeah. that okay well anyway roof furniture aside yeah yeah by the way i have gone back through and looked at that entire scene where petty is looking at russ's mugshot and there's absolutely no information about what he was arrested for there are arrest dates and that is all so i think yeah i think we've confirmed that petty's just interested in russ confirmed here <laughs> no we don't know why I, maybe we'll he's get just an got answer, but... yeah petty's just has that much confidence in his skills yeah <laughs> so uh but anyway yeah. A rooftop. so yeah so 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 Wyatt and charlotte are on the roof discussing literature and boyd and three are shooting off fireworks and they shoot one firework at them uh wyatt like freaks out on them uh, and Charlotte, you know, he, he says, you know, do you want to get out of here go do something? And Charlotte uh, says, well, yeah, let me just use your bathroom. And he tries to convince her to use a bathroom that's just like down the road or something. Yeah. He's, he's embarrassed of their place. Uh, and I, I mean, I, I wasn't sure if he was embarrassed by the, you know, the decorations, which is naked or half naked women, <laughs> or he's just embarrassed of you know where he lives i i would think it's more the the former than the latter the latter i mean if he was emba that embarrassed of where they live he wouldn't have had her there at all 
Really? You think I I think it is he's embarrassed about like the like the mess and whatnot versus just like the posters on the wall. I would I would kind of feel that like I w- I wouldn't be. Granted, Charlotte is like younger, so this this is a different connotation. But like I I wouldn't really care. Mm-hmm. I feel like most people wouldn't care, but that is true. Charlotte is younger. Uh, yeah. But I feel I th- uh, just because well, the reason I think is because of like uh the state it's in is because when she goes in. He when she goes to the bathroom, you see him kind of starting to pick things up and stuff, and he just I don't know. He looks, I don't know. I that, so that's how I took that as. Mm-hmm. But okay, is that? But he's, we can definitely agree he's embarrassed by something inside the house, right? Like you don't for want sure. Charlotte going inside. That's that's definitely we can agree on that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, so Ash is in the bird's house taking photos. We don't know what the photos are for at this point. But he's doing this reconnaissance, and Jonah is also in the house. Jonah leaves. He goes outside to get the gun. Now, I'm going to cut to uh, – I'm going to skip this next bit for, for a minute, and we'll come back to it. He gets the gun. He's in the house with Ash, and someone comes to pick him up. So he he was ready to defend the house, but then once – Marty or Wendy, whoever it was, showed up. He took off. This is a little bit weird to me because he knows there's somebody in the house. Yeah, I, that's what I was wondering this time. Is did he actually know someone was in the house, or was he just like going to? Was he going to like? Did he? I. That's my point. Yeah, I, I, at first I was like, he must know someone's in the house, but then he just left, and it doesn't seem like he tells anyone. So I don't, I don't really yeah. understand Jonah's behaviors here. Yeah, maybe he didn't know. Maybe he didn't see anybody in the house. He just... Got I don't remember. I, yeah, I, I feel like he saw somebody, though. You're right. Yeah, because I think he was looking through the door, right? And then yeah. he saw Ash, and then he closed the door and went to go get the gun. And yeah. came back. Maybe he thought Ash left. Maybe that's it, actually. Maybe he thought he left because Ash was upstairs being quiet. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, you know... For that's that's a definite possibility. Maybe he thought he left, and the other possibility is we don't know that he didn't have that conversation with Marty and Wendy. We haven't seen him have a conversation since this. He could have also so. maybe not got a good look. Maybe he thought it was like his parents, and he got scared. Mm-hmm. Wayne got the gun. They honked the horn at the car. He's like, "Oh, that's them. They, they, yeah. they were the ones that were home." So maybe that's a uh, maybe. Yeah, definitely maybe. odd though. But I'm with that. I, we should odd. probably. We should probably keep track of the gun too. It's not buried in the woods anymore. It's in the garage. Mm-hmm. And uh, I skipped over this scene, so let's go back and catch it. Uh, and this is pretty important. Oh, it turns yes. out <laughs> Ruth followed Marty to the place, to the storage unit where he hides the money. So Ruth, I, I, I love Ruth so much because you can see the conflict in her. She's simultaneously just thrilled to have this job that's paying her 52000 a year, but also feeling like there's more that she could have. So maybe she better follow Marty and figure out where it is. Well, why not go a little further? Yeah, it's it's so interesting. Her, this This dilemma that she's facing now, because... Marty has done nothing but treat her well, really, since hiring her. And he had no reason to take her in, but he did. Uh, and he's treated her very well. She, he's, he's not implicating her in the illegal stuff and paying her really good money in the legal stuff. So 
I can see where she's thrilled to be doing that, but then it's not, it's not out of her system yet though. She's still got it in her head that there's $8 million sitting around somewhere. And why would you not want that instead of the job that pays 52,000 a year? Well, yeah, the job might be temporary. You don't know. Yeah. But Marty's elk, you know what he's thinking. I know Bobby D instead. That's what actually Ruth, Ruth did kind of say earlier that she does not think Marty's the one that, uh, killed him. So, Maybe she's right. saying that to please Marty, but I think she does believe that. So never mind. I, but. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, but this is something that we got to keep track of that, that Ruth has, she's kind of being pulled in two directions here. Never got an interest in a yep. swiping uh, Marty's money. So, yep. Back at the hotel room, uh, Russ says to, to, uh, I always forget his name to Petty that if you have tell anybody about this, I'll kill you. And Petty tells him to work on his pillow talk. Good okay. work. That's, so it seems like Russ has kind of settled into this and isn't fighting it anymore. Um, when he came to the to motel room, he was literally fighting Petty before he finally kissed him. Uh, but now it seems like he's he looks pretty comfortable in the bed there. He looks so aggro. He sounds so ag- aggressive. Oh, is that whenever we see him in these scenes, he's like, "Don't tell anyone, or I kill you." Like that's yeah. so aggressive. I know. I know. Yeah. All right, at the Blue Cat, it is the Fourth of July. There are fireworks, and Rachel and Marty exchange a look. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it, it definitely looks to me, and tell me if you agree. Uh, like Rachel has a, a legitimate interest in Marty. Not so sure it goes the other way though. That's- Possibly, yeah, that's true. Uh, the smile, definitely with the context of what happened earlier, also seems that way. But I could also buy the fact that this is the 4th of July, they've been, both have been working together on this business, and things are looking really great. So, like, you know, I feel like if I had a business partner in this sense, and we were really, you know, working pretty hard for this, I'd, you know, have a smile look or something. So, it's not, it's not super unusual, but definitely given the scene we saw earlier with the two, it does, uh, yeah, a bit dubious in that sense. Yep okay just a little bit more here the the snell farm is busy they are busy loading up heroin into hymnals and we don't know why except that jacob starts asking about the preachers as the preacher doesn't know anything let's keep it that way his wife doesn't know anything let's keep that that way too as long as we distribute on the water the cops can't touch us and we see them loading the heroin into these hymnals. And we see Ash handing out the hymnals to people who, I mean, I shouldn't be judgy. They don't, they just don't look like churchgoers to me. <laughs> They're not dressed in their Sunday best, Mr. Sal goes. How dare you? <laughs> so, yeah. I will say, that, <laughs> I, I, I want to put a pause there for just when Jacob says the cops can't get them. Uh, yeah. When they're out in the water, I thought he was gonna like invoke some weird legal loophole of the Ozarks, like because the police cannot enforce drug laws on water. But no, <laughs> like how they sell in the church. Yep. Yep. So now, I, this this is something that I probably just need to get over and forget about. But it looked like there were two different colors of hymnals. Yes. There's a, a light blue and a, like a navy blue hymnal and it looked like they were loading the heroin into one color 
but handing out the other color. Oh, so, I did not notice that. I, I, so I don't know. I, I think that probably they use two colors so they can give just a regular hymnal to people that they don't know who haven't paid them or who, who don't work for them, I guess, because I'm, I'm assuming these are they're handing this out to people who are then going to sell it. Yeah. I, I assume they're they're giving this to dealers, not users. That's what I'm assuming too, just because that's some... I think they said three kilos. But yeah. That's like but, but almost, what, like 10 pounds? A little less than 10 pounds. That's a lot of... It's a lot to sell, I feel like, all at once. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a lot. So I think that this is probably their... their handing it out to people who are then going to go sell it. So, yeah, uh, right. And so they know who those people are. And so they give them the hymnals that have the heroin and they keep the other hymnals for people who are just there for church. And maybe they return That's, them with the money inside. That could be, that would make sense. But, so, but maybe so, Mr. Sal, you know how you were a bit judgy earlier that these people weren't wearing their <laughs> Sunday best. Maybe you had the wrong way around. You said and, that. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just putting the words <laughs> in your mouth now. That <laughs> okay. maybe they were handing it like you are right with the right color that they loaded it with, and the people you didn't think were the dealers are. Uh, it's possible. They're just super sly about it, and the other people give them weird shifty looks. That's <laughs> why I called myself judgy. <laughs> But no, I, I I didn't check like I I didn't keep track of the color book they were loading with, but yeah. if that's the case, yeah, whatever. I yeah, mean, I, it, all I mean, continuity error, but whatever. Yeah, it could be a continuity error. It could be that they're just showing us, uh, all the same type of person. Either they're all dealers or they're all not. Maybe they change so. it every like you know, I mean, but that, I also feel like they're loading for that that day's shipment, so whatever, but. Yeah. That, listen, that is a scary, like, if I was, like, Ash handing out these, you know, books, I'd get worried that I hand out the wrong one. Right. Well, that's why I think that they're probably, they're, they're using the two different colors I know, for exactly that. Like, what, what if, yeah. you know, a, a momentary lapse in judgment and yep. I hand the wrong one? Like, no way. <laughs> yeah. Like. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, before we, before we get too much, too much further, though, we should say that before he starts handing out the hymnals, we do get that scene again where Grace tells Mason, who's floating in the lake, that Ash is here to help with the boat. Yes. Oh, yes, that's so, true. Yeah, so. so so that brings the, the episode full circle. And now Mason during finishes the sermon and announces that the new church is going to go up on the land and the money is coming from the birds. And Ash <laughs> looks like, uh oh, yeah. this is bad. Uh, and it seems as though Marty and Wendy, in trying to avoid a war with the the Snells, have fallen right into a war with the Snells. Yeah, maybe I, will, uh, I, I might be on the same boat as you. So I, I, I thought I. This makes me want to give it a ten. Like I really like just this idea of they they were avoiding the Snells. And in doing mm-hmm. so, they have now, I mean, probably as bad as they could have caught themselves up with the Snells, right? Yeah. Because even worse, because, like, okay, you're doing their money laundering, fine. It'll take them longer to get their money, or they'll have to just find a different way. But at least they're still making the money. They just have to clean it. Yeah. Right? They can hoard it, at least. But this is their, like, production line. This is how they make their money. Yep. 
you know, this is how this is how the bread gets even made, not cleaned. So I don't. Yeah. This, this is even worse. This is the worst thing they could have done. But yep. I do like that. And yeah, like every scene is so great. This episode. Yeah. For the most part, except for that beginning part, I I I wish I'm I, I'm even okay with the beginning. Like if this episode began, not with that flashback with Mason, but just him in the water. And that yep. I'm okay with that because we get that same yeah. flashback right here, and it makes much more sense. And I'm fully yep. with that, right? That is yeah. fine to go. And then if you want to do that flashback, which I think it's fine to do, they do that at the beginning of a different like Mason heavy episode or Mason related episode. So yeah, I yeah, yeah, and, uh, that's about it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I'm ready to give this episode a ten. Um, I'm not either, be- I, just because of that, but. It's close. But I am ready to call this my favorite episode of the season. I think I might as well. So, so far. Yeah, yeah. This is this is my favorite episode of the season so far, but this is not going to end up being my favorite episode. I, I am going to give out at least 110 this season. Oh. I'll say that right now. Okay, Mr. Oh, yes. I'm not, I will make no promises. In really? Fact, I'll, give, I'll give out one four this season. No, you're not. We'll see. We're not giving out a four. We'll see, Mr. Sell. Okay. Whatever. Whatever. Okay. So, but yeah, this is this is my favorite episode of the season so far. I, I think it's a solid nine. I don't think I'm not ready to give it a ten because I know there's there's better stuff coming later in the season. Uh there's also uh one bit of worse stuff coming later in the season, I think. But Anyway, uh, that's that's it for this episode. The next episode is... Do you know what the next episode is called? Oh, Book of Ruth, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we just covered in season three of The Leftovers the Book of Kevin and the Book of Nora, and now we get to cover in Ozark Book of Ruth. So, interesting. And by the way, both came out in 2017. Hmm. So, season three of The Leftovers and season one of Ozark were both 2017. Interesting. This whole book yep. thing. We'll see if this yep. title... Listen, maybe this will be a justified title. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> well, it's exciting to me. I don't remember what happens in this episode, but it's exciting to me because Ruth is in the title. So, that's well, always a good thing. But, Mr. Sal, I have a very important question for you. Okay, ask, ask away. Do you know what time it is? It's TV time! Yay, TV time. <laughs> ah, I will oh, say, yes. while I'm most excited for TV time, my, my excitement has turned more into, like, rage. I, I know. I, I always disagree with them here. So here, for example, yeah. this should be 5 out of 5. TV time. Should easily, should easily be a 5 out of 5. But they gave it a 4, didn't they? They sure did. <laughs> Yeah, so I gave it a five out of five. Of course, that they gave it. Uh, the the users had sixty two percent four for this one. Such bandwagoners. Well, let me tell you something. I I got to tell you. Forget about episode one. Okay, episode two sixty percent four. Episode three sixty three percent four. Episode four sixty three percent four. Episode five this one sixty two percent four. So I think it's. <laughs> It's very consistent, and I'm wondering if it's just the same people voting the same way in every episode. I'm just not. Well, what uh, favorite character? This could be more interesting. 
I, this it could be. It could be. I so, don't think it is. I think it's still Marty. But okay, you tell me when you want me to reveal it. Marty, I'll reveal. Is it Marty? Yeah, it's seventy-five percent Marty. Fair enough. But I would agree. Of all the episodes so far, I think this has the most amount of people that you can kind of put it as contention. Oh, for sure. You can put a Wendy for sure. In there. You can make a case for Ruth. Even if you, if yep. you like the Petty storyline, you could throw Petty in there if you're really interested in what's going Absolutely. on there. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Jonah, if you I, really I think, felt that way. Why? I think there's Charlotte? there's there's a there's quite a bit of Rachel in there. Rachel. This is the first like the the fir the first uh i mean mason gets that opening scene i think you mentioned mason already but you know if, if you're really a jacob fan and this is a rewatch for you this is exciting so you know there's there's plenty of characters that you could vote for here i think people just kind of by default vote for marty but i did not vote for marty you did wendy didn't you i did how did you know that that's just i mean kind of obvious i would say wendy's probably my i'd probably pick marty but I think Wendy would probably be my second pick. I mean, it depends, it depends on the yeah. context. But if you're trying to vote for it in terms of this episode, yeah, Marty, right? If you're trying to like put in like other factors into it, that's fine. But like in this episode, I'd give it to Marty. But Wendy, uh, definitely I would give second to Wendy. Yeah, I mean, my default is, is usually Ruth. But um, but this in this episode, I didn't feel like that Ruth did all that much. I think she did enough to satisfy me, but... But Wendy, I, Wendy won me over just with the the scene at Mason's house where she's telling the story of the church. Like I that that scene that won me the, over. It's the stuff with the Josh. Yeah, for over. sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. So she she was she was my favorite character in this episode. So there you have. Now, do you want to know the breakdowns? Uh, sure. I mean, yeah. Who's second, third, fourth? Or... So Mar Marty was first at seventy five percent. Ruth was second at 14%, which, I mean, that's pretty common that it's going to be Marty and then either Ruth or Wendy is almost always second. So, um, Wendy is fourth at 3%, tied with, tied with Charlotte. No, no, no. Yeah, I know. Charlotte, I like, know. If you want to tier them, like, you can put Marty, Wendy, I think, on a tier. Ruth can be the next tier. You can probably put others in there, but Charlotte's probably in the third tier there. Charlotte's... Yeah. You could, I see, you know, if you want to put her, I understand, like, you know, fine, okay. But, you know, she's, she's not super interested. Like, she's not tier two or yeah. tier one right there. Yeah. Um, Petty does get 1%, and that's he's the last that gets uh, anything that registers as 1%. There, but I did not tell you who was in third, third, third place. Is it yeah. Buddy? No, not Buddy. Yeah. Yeah. I have no clue. There's so many people it could be. It's it's Jonah. That's ridiculous. <laughs> over Wendy. Jonah, yeah, Jonah at four percent over Wendy, over Rachel, over Petty and Russ, yeah, over I, I Mason. Jonah. I mean, it's kind of interesting. I guess he, he, there's like a tense moment at one point in the episode with the gun. Uh, but I would call him tier three, same as Charlotte. Yeah. Probably probably even above Charlotte, but still. Um, yeah. Not not a uh, not as high as Wendy. I was I would say Wendy probably deserves to be high. I think a lot of characters deserve to be above Jonah, but whatever. Fair enough. Yep. that's fine. It's, uh, yep. I, I, I'll still give the argument of I think a lot of characters. I can understand. And I can see why people voted Jonah. It's interesting if you if you're into yep. that and Charlotte. If you're into like the wide Charlotte thing, if you're into you know, I think there's there's a something for everyone in this episode, buddy. We didn't say him earlier in terms of uh, eating yeah, spotlight, true. but. Yep. Like literally, so many characters 
yeah getting a, that's what I, that's one of the things i love about this episode i mean i really do think this is a an awesome ensemble piece that that really scratches the itch for every character that they've introduced so far yeah i'd agree with that all right Del, if, no Dell. that's true there was no Dell. i forgot about Dell. marty doesn't forget about Dell. hopefully he doesn't yeah <laughs> All right. Well, that's all I have. Anything else you want to add, Kurt? Nope. No. Okay. Folks, if you want to get a hold of us, showhopperspodcast at gmail.com. We will be back next week to cover Book of Ruth. In the meantime, please feel free to, uh, more than feel free, please, please do rate and review us and share the podcast around as much as possible. We, we would very much appreciate that. Uh, we are going to move into our spoiler section now. Are you ready to move into spoilers? the spoiler zone, Kurt? That I am, yes. Okay. Hopefully, if you are listening to this right now, you have already seen all of Ozark because we are about to spoil it if you haven't. Oh, yeah, there, there so, will be spoilers. So, Mr. Sal. Yes. Do, do you remember anything about Ash going in there and taking those photos? I, I don't remember I, anything yeah, about I'm, that. I have no clue what happens. I was like, huh. Uh, this seems like this will be kind of big, like some sort of like blackmail thing or some like scare tactic, but I have no idea where that goes. I also nope. forgot about this whole Josh Silverberg storyline. Yeah, so did I. I had uh, no idea about it. No idea a, lot about of th- it. a lot of things I forgot about. Um, uh, let's see. Let me. Let me uh, remember what else? There's something I really want to talk about. I can't remember. Obviously, the whole church. You know, we get the whole church. Yeah. yeah so though, the man. church. Yeah, the church. The church thing is is definitely interesting, and in that that is a a big time war. Uh, and I mean, not just a war with the Snells. I mean that that ends up. Sp- Spoiling their relationship with Mason so much that they end up killing him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he he kids kidnaps Wendy and they end up killing Mason. So, and I mean that. Correct me if I'm wrong. I know Russ dies, but I believe Petty also dies by the end of the season, right? Uh, no, Russ dies at the end of this season. Petty dies at the end of season two. Okay, so there. Okay, so. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. In fact, by the end of season two, they've killed off killed off pretty much all the men except for Marty. <laughs> Oh my God. There are like no Mason. men left. Yeah. Mason Petty, dies in Russ. season two. Russ, uh, Ruth's father, Jacob. who I can't remember his name. Jacob. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Ruth's father. Eddie. So Jacob, Petty. That's only uh, five. Russ. Yeah, right. So Jacob, Buddy, Petty. Wanna... <laughs> Buddy. Yep. I mean, I mean, really, <laughs> it's like all the men are gone by the end of season two. How many women die? I can't. I'm... In season. I don't think any in season one or two other than in the first episode yeah wow that is <laughs> well fair enough though i mean i guess it's bound to happen at one point or another just yeah yeah Interesting. Yeah. yeah so uh, i mean unless you count unless you count wyatt as a man pretty much everybody but marty's been killed off. yeah yeah so uh, that is interesting that we have the charlotte wyatt like friendship thing which i always thought even when i first watched it, i thought was kind of odd but yeah but they do kind of become friends and mm-hmm. for some time. I know, especially season three, obviously that uh, falls off after Wyatt learns at the end of season two. But mm-hmm. about what ha- what uh, the birds about how how his father died. Yeah, how his father died. So and he mm-hmm. blames the birds for it. So yep, for sure. That's one of the things that 
I keyed in on was the the sheriff, uh, because we know he's working for the Snells. Oh yeah, even in season three, he's still working with uh, Darlene. <laughs> he still he always favors yeah. the Snells or Snell. Right, right, and, and even though he's by that point he's he's more indebted to Marty and Wendy, like he he really, I mean, indebted is not the right word, but he's more on the payroll for Marty and Wendy. Yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, but no, he's a, but he's working for the Snells here, and uh, you know th- this idea that they're calling. He says uh, it's better for all of us if we call this a an overdose, is because he's protecting the Snells. Mm-hmm. I, this, I, I also. Uh, well, do you want to say anything else on that? Because I'm going to change the topic. No, I'm good on that one. There's. I also remembered um earlier when Buddy and uh, Jonah were shooting the gun, and they. Both mm-hmm. ask each other questions like, "What does your dad do for work?" Uh, uh, Joan asks Buddy what he used to do. Buddy kind of you know ignores him and goes on, but he also talks about like the watermelon has similar water content to humans as yep. they shoot them, which is very interesting. Because if I'm not mistaken, what, Buddy was a mobster, right? Well, he that? he was a he was uh, a teamster, I think, oh, the Teamsters Union, uh, and he one of his. Uh, the, like what he's running from, if he, if he's running from anything, was that he pissed off Frank Cosgrove, who is the, in charge of the Kansas City mob. Oh, okay. Right. So I don't know if Buddy was involved in the mob or if he just, by virtue of the fact that he was also a teamster, uh, had dealings with Frank Cosgrove and slept with his wife. What's a teamster? Oh. Uh, teamster. Well it's the truckers union oh okay i'm okay right now 1.3 million members yeah it's the biggest union in the country but i don't know i actually don't know if frank cosgrove was in charge of the teamsters union or not it was he was he's the union president for some big union in st louis or kansas city not st louis um Mm -hmm. but I don't, but I, I don't think that I, i don't remember buddy specifically saying he was implicated in mob activity but he, I know he pissed off Frank Cosgrove. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, I, I always thought he did something that had to do with shooting. Oh, it's been a while now, so I'm trying to remember. Uh, basically, that's hinted at me that Buddy has killed people or he has shot at people. Uh, like that's that's it that is possible. And yeah. later, he does help the birds. Like, oh yeah, he seems pretty experienced in what he does. So I always just kind of assumed like Buddy has done sort of Buddy has done some sort of shady work. He also ran out here. Uh, yeah. You know, I know he's running away from a Frank, but mm-hmm. you know, is I I thought it was an interesting scene. Just yeah, remembering what a buddy did. Yeah, for sure, and not uh, also in that same scene. You know, you got Jonah learning how to shoot a gun, which is a big deal. Yeah, for the end, of, even for the end of this season, right? I yeah, I mean he he's shooting guns in every season, I think, because uh, in season two, doesn't he go hunting with the Snells? Yeah, I have no clue. I think that's when they shave his head or something. Oh yes. Oh no. Yep. You're right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you know, obviously, end of season three, he pulls the gun on Helen, and I don't remember what's at the end of this season with the gun, but anyway, uh, that that Jonah with a gun is a big deal too. <clears throat> we awesome. have we have we have our redneck watch. We did. Oh, you're right. Yeah, just said redneck again. So one episode we've missed the redneck. That's it. Yeah, so yeah. So redneck. Yep. Darlene says never trust a redneck when you need a job done right. So 
we'll, and we know we'll have another one by uh, season's yeah, end. At least one more. So yeah, yeah. Um, we've de- we've had our second mention of Ruth's father, who is a big player in season two, uh, and just like a, a number one a hole. Yeah, <laughs> it's just awful human being, uh, and and we know that. You know, Ruth desperately seeks his approval while at the same time recognizing that he is the scum of the earth. Yeah, and he, so he's not just, too kind to Ruth either. No, he's not. I mean, so this is just you know another illustration. I mean, this is what makes me love Ruth so much. She's just so complex and she's pulled in so many different directions. She's incredible. I think anyway. there's any other character we didn't cover. I guess there's there's a hint. So Wendy's um, I can see why you gave Wendy the most interesting character. If you think to mm-hmm. what she becomes, especially later on in the series, becomes more of a political figure, more of a talker, mm-hmm. right? She, yeah, she's trying to like win people over, and that's what she's. I mean, she's doing a lot more of that, like political speaking, right? Of trying to be um, yeah, kind of charismatically, yeah, trying to like be a people person and have people follow her. The way she sells um, makes it on it, kind of how she um, yep. I don't remember his name, but the rich person for the casino license and I I, um, I don't remember his name either, but yes, I know exactly. It, it reminds me of that type of stuff. Not not quite as like um, I mean the guy kind of knows what um, Wendy's doing, but you know Mason doesn't yeah. know this too much into it, but yeah, uh, the this way is he talks the... to, talks about jo- oh, talks with Josh when he comes and yep. trying to convince him of that. So it, it reminds me of what Wendy will start doing a lot and later on in the series oh for sure so. for sure i mean you know it's this is the first time we've seen her kind of upstage marty Certainly. you know we've 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 seen her you know be good at this type of stuff you know i'm thinking of sam the people that she was trying to sell the house to like we, we've seen this before but never right next to marty floundering Never next to right. Marty. It never where it really mattered, right? It's not, right. Not, not like a high-pressure situation. Trying to sell someone on a house is different than trying to make yep. sure you don't get implicated in a murder or trying to make sure mm-hmm. you can get your um next uh, money laundering scheme up and going. So. Yeah, yeah. So this is good stuff. And this and this is honestly like th- – this is just further proof how in this Wendy is. You know, she, she is part of this. That's getting more like Darlene, right? I, she, she's getting in yeah. it more and more and more. Uh, she's obviously she gets way more into it, right? She's like oh super ingrained later. Yeah. She is part of it fully. I can say later yeah. on. Right now, I wouldn't say she's fully part of it, right? She's helping, not part of it. Though. I won't say she's, super, you know, she's she's only a little bit into it, yeah. You know? But but she's willing to be like she, th- you could she could she could tell Marty to f off and just say sorry you made your bed go sleep in it I'm not helping you yeah that's but right. but mm-hmm. but she's there with him upstaging him like be making herself indispensable yeah yeah and she will become indispensable so that is yeah to the point where eventually she's gonna think marty is dispensable (laughs) to a degree yeah (laughs) or at least (laughs) she'll start calling the shots though yeah you know yeah well i mean season three you know she and helen pretty much plan to move on without marty Think about yeah, what do they do if Marty doesn't come back? Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, it's 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 good stuff. This is a good episode, and I'm I'm excited about the uh, the latter half of the season. I can't believe we're halfway through this already. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. Here we yeah, are. It's a, it's a binge series. It feels like you've seen nothing, even though we've seen a it lot is of for things. Sure. 
Yep. I'm with it. It's good. Yep. I'm enjoying it. Yep. I can't wait for the Me worst too. season of season two. Terrible season. But oh, season so three is where it's all great. I, I love season two. I know. It, season. I, have, well, having said that, though, like, I do kind of block out the whole Mason thing in season two because I don't like the Mason stuff. I don't. I almost never like the Mason stuff in the series. I'm I'm okay with Mason. I wouldn't say I dislike it. It's okay storyline. I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll, I'll, that's it. It's not amazing, but I don't dislike it. It's, it's I I I'm okay with it. I like it. It's just I like a lot more thing. I like things a lot more than that. By the way, I'm joking. I do like season two more than season one, but I like season three even yep. more. I know, I know. I just think it was so gutsy at the end. By the end of season two, that you've killed off Petty, you've killed off Buddy, you've killed off Mason, you've killed off Jacob, you've killed off uh, Ruth's father, uh, you've killed off Russ and Boyd. Obviously, that was they were they'll be killed off by the end of this season. But like you've killed off all of these main characters, and I was like, I, how are they going to do season three? Like, they killed off all the characters. Yeah, it's really, like all this left. Afraid. No, it's like, uh, what do you have left? Yeah, Marty, Wendy, and Ruth, I, I, which was plenty because that's all you needed for season yeah, three. Except I mean, that, I guess you have to they, introduce one more character into the fold, but I right, well, that's at which the, right they did. I, well, I, Helen is in season two, yeah, but, but not not like she's in season three. And yeah, they of course, her dynamic, yeah, yeah, and of course you got Ben in season three. So, oh yeah, actually, I take that back. Yeah, Ben, there you go. <laughs> I mean, there's yeah. how many. Like in season, so I think the least amount of deaths is season three. I'm trying to think. Helen, Ben. Yeah, um, else? yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think if I'm forgetting anyone. I can't think of anyone besides those two. I'm sh- I'm sure there are more. There probably, probably are. Smaller, not smaller minor. Know. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm just saying. Yeah, they didn't kill that many people off in season three. Uh, we do know season four, final season. Can't wait for it. It's mm-hmm. not released yet. That's why we don't know who else died. That's how come we have a block right. point at uh, season yes. three. So, yep. Well, exactly. See who else they kill. Because they're, they're not I'm afraid so glad... of killing people off. They're not afraid. Yeah, I'm like so glad them. you always remember to say that because <laughs> I always forget, and it is important that we know we have not seen season four yet because it has not been released. Although, I think it is. I, from what I understand, they were filming in December. So I think that we can safely say we will get the first half of it sometime in 2021, but we don't know when. Okay. Wow. That is exciting news. Very, I mean, it's uh, it's Mm -hmm. a great series, and I'm excited to see what they'll do in season four. It wouldn't surprise me if there was a big death midway, especially if they're releasing in half seasons, which, by the way, Mm -hmm. complete BS. I hate it when the series do that. They do half a season (laughs) and the other half of the season, like, way later it's like let's just do it a different season i understand i'm oh whatever i'm hey, not gonna get too into it y- you know that breaking bad did that right i know and i hate that too <laughs> like they did that because like I, i'm not gonna say what they do but they it's like a it's a it, it's worthy enough to be a season ending yep like you literally i sometimes i used to call it season six like you, you could call it another season after the second half like the the two right. halves of season five you can call their own thing i feel like that's usually what happens when series do this especially for their final season they, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'd be, pro- I'm probably gonna end up calling it season four and season five of Ozark. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, almost whatever. I guess it also depends argument. on how it depends on how close they release them together too. If like, that is true. If they're, if they're, if they release season four and then it's like a month later that they release the second half of season four, then I'm fine with them calling it season four 
A and season four B. But oh, if it's mm-hmm. like a year later, then that's season five. Yeah, because it, <laughs> it is like binge. Like if it's like normally you, you watch in typical TV, you watch one week, one week, one week. Obviously Netflix, they release them all out. So if they do it within a reasonable time span, because mm-hmm. yeah, I'm okay if they do first half take like even if it's a, it, it, take a small break and then release the other half, even if it's standard mm-hmm. television where one week, blah, 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 you know, it's five weeks, five episodes, we take maybe a month break, next five episodes, fine. Okay, I, you could t- call that yep. a season. But you, you're taking like a year, you're taking a season-long break, it's a mm-hmm. season then, okay? You don't take a season-long break and go, it's the same season now. No. No, I uh, know. <laughs> that's that's the new season now. But Yeah, the, the, first, the first series I remember doing this was Sopranos and I was annoyed with it then. I'm annoyed with it now. You know what? One of the reasons I think that they do it is because you can split up your finale season over two award seasons. <laughs> so, so you can like double down on your awards for like, you know, half the effort. I just, I hate it so much. That <laughs> I'd rather just call it two different seasons. But I know. I, I hope that Ozark does not wait that long between their seasons. If they do, then they still have two more seasons. At least, oh, but at least we know it's coming to an end. And I respect, I, I respect more and more. And it's happening a lot more now in series. I feel like mm-hmm. compared to older series yep. that there people are learning to finish off a series. Right? Maybe yep. we've hit a point. I'm not saying people never knew when to finish them off, but definitely much more common. They get milked out more, right? People are they just yeah, exactly going. Uh, yep. But it feels like in recent history, leftovers, Breaking Bad. I'd mm-hmm. say they def- they ended it pretty well here. Well, I mean sorry. that. That late 2010s, so like that period from 2015 to like 2019, that that period is known as peak TV. Like it's like the best TV, some of the probably some of the best TV ever made happened in that like five year span. And I think part of it is that those series did know when to end. They didn't just drag out forever and they weren't just cash cows. That's fair enough. I was told that Mad Men is pretty good. Like, but that's yeah. like seven seasons. And I was like, ah, that's kind of long. Yeah, I wonder how that's kind of long. Except then I was told the last season's not that great. So maybe they did try to cash on the last season. I don't know. Well, I, uh, yeah, fair enough, though. I, well, at least more and more people know the end of the series. Game of Thrones. They ended it. Some might yeah, say well, that was too soon. Trash. Trash. <laughs> they, went, they went too far the other way. But yeah. they ended it nonetheless. Now that's one that that did two abbreviated seasons at the end, but they called them two separate seasons. I respect that. Good for them. <laughs> I I respect that. So well, they were also like almost two years apart. So <laughs> I I just yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I prefer something end gracefully than I keep yeah. watching and I I slowly learn to hate it. Some like, exactly. Totally agree. Like, Dexter probably would be like my favorite show or one of my favorites, maybe my favorite just because of when I watched it and how much I loved it, loved it when I was mm-hmm. watching it. But they ruined mm-hmm. it so much. No, it's just I such know. a sour taste. You gave uh, I me wonder if they such can. a good cookie, and then you gave me some hot sauce afterward, and it really ruined my time. <laughs> yeah, uh, I wonder if they'll redeem themselves with this new reboot. <laughs> Not a reboot. Just well, I, season, yeah. Season, season, what? Are, what is it? Season nine. Nine. Yeah. Well, do you know if it's going to be a reimagine? Well, I guess if they're calling it season nine, it's not going to be a reimagining because. No, I think it, I think it's season nine. It's like it's. I think it yeah. picks up where they left off. So. Well. 
Oh, but maybe with the time jump, maybe not. I have no like, idea. Like, do you mean... Okay, okay. Well, anyway. We'll, we'll find out. No, <laughs> yeah. no one knows. Yeah. This is up the Dexter podcast, yeah. though. No, we're not there for that. Nor is it the Breaking Bad podcast. I do bring them up <laughs> frequently, but those are Breaking Bad kind of related. Yes, they are. Kind of. Uh, yes. Basically, if you've watched one, you really should watch the other. Oh, certainly. Like, I, I mean, if you li- if you like one, you should you should watch the other. I, I will say that Breaking Bad... Like, I've, I've rewatched that a lot. That series I've seen a lot. Mm-hmm. And I will, I will say... Season one's eh, it's okay. Uh, yeah, I agree. Weak. It's I, I and I feel bad when I tell someone, listen, season one's kind of eh, but it gets going because that's that's kind of like, I feel like that's um, that kind of defeats the purpose of a TV show if you kind of like gotta really get into it to get into it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? If you gotta, I mean, it's only it's only like six episodes. That is it's a true. really short season. That is true. Yeah. So I, I, that that is true. But I, I in general, sounds like you gotta get through season one. Season one's terrible, but once you do that, it's good. Mm-hmm. I kind of don't know if that's justification to still watch the series. That being said, Breaking Bad, an exception to the rule. It is worth it. Same with The mm-hmm. Office, I'd say, too. Like, season one's in. Oh, the, uh, season one of The Office is terrible. It's almost terrible. unwatchable. It's, it's, but... Especially after you see the other seasons. It's just, yeah, it's yeah. so much worse. If you, listen, if you watch season one and you love season one, you'll love The Office, then. <laughs> oh, man, you. Yeah. For sure. But, For yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, I think we'll call it there. Uh, this is, it's been a pleasure, and folks, thank you for listening and sticking with us through the end of the spoiler section. Remember, showhopperspodcast at gmail.com is our email address. Remember, please, to rate us and review us and share us as much as possible, and we'll look forward to talking about Book of Ruth next week. <laughs>